Welcome Kings and Queens to One Stick B. I am your host, Certified One Stick B. Here at One Stick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Stick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am so blessed to have a guest, a bodybuilder, an African-American, He's a dietitian and his name is Chris. He's also been on the show, The Doctors. Chris, welcome to Once They Beat and thank you for allowing me to interview you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, uh, no, thank you. Um, uh, COVID has been going on and it's been people making people wacky. Actually, it hasn't been going on. It's, it's not over. It's still going on. But how has COVID affected you and your family? And, what you do, because you're bodybuilding and that's the gym. Well, you know, how has that affected you? Well, first, uh, I can tell you this, it affected me. It affected my business and stuff like that. But not so much, uh, I'll take that back, not so much affected my business because I, I personal train people. So a lot of my stuff went online. So that that helped me out a lot. Okay. You know, you know, and then, um, but for as me training, I was just literally went from the gym to my my home i started training in my house i turned my whole patio to a gym you know i but the hardest thing is trying to find gym equipment that oh. was like hard and everything went up all the prices and everything on. was on sale i noticed i mean everything was sold out for gym equipment because everybody, everybody was in the house. Nobody ever went to go get dumbbells. <laughs> I'm like, now I couldn't even find a, a 20 pound dumbbell for nothing. It was ridiculous. And uh, so that that happened. But uh, besides that, everything else was was uh, was pretty cool. You know, my wife, she works from home. Thank God. You know, she started working from home. So that didn't affect her, you know. That's her, great. That's whatever. So we really didn't feel... COVID financially. We didn't feel it financially. That, that's, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? So, but besides that, everything else was was just, it was just moving fine, moving along. You know, we got a, you know, me and my wife, we, we're, we're newlyweds. So, you know, we, you know, we still in that honeymoon stage. Yeah, so it was all right. <laughs> so it was okay for us to be around each other. Yeah. Day, wake up, go to bed every day, you know, stuck in the house. It wasn't a big deal because, you know, I like, I actually like her, <laughs> you know, but forget the love part. I mean, yeah, that's you, a big part, though. No, you can always love someone, but when you like somebody, it's that's a that's different. It's different. It's different levels. I'm yeah. telling you, it's different levels. Well, different. Chris has multiple sclerosis. He is a bodybuilder with multiple sclerosis. Excuse me, uh, and he's also a retired Navy. Ooh, 22 years retired Navy. I want to first congratulate you and say thank you for your service to being a veteran in this. That's amazing. Uh, we appreciate you guys out here protecting and serving. I support vets all day, every day. But can you take us back uh, to when and when you got diagnosed and if before being diagnosed, if you had felt like something's off or you might have had symptoms? 
Well, I, I can say that uh, when something started being off, it was probably 2014, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. I remember uh, sitting at my desk, you know, and I'm, I'm retired now, retired. I did 22 years and I'm already retired and I was just sitting at my desk and I could feel my right side kind of like lock up on me and it locked up on me for about, I say about five to 10 seconds. And I'm like, wow, what was that? You know, oh, okay, it's gone, keep moving. So, and then uh, it happened a few more times, you know, maybe uh, a month later or so far along. But then what really got me is when my, I was driving, I was driving in the morning, I was driving somewhere. And then all of a sudden my body locked up. I was on the freeway. I was on a freeway in California. It's when I was living in California before I moved to Arizona. I was on a freeway in California. I was driving on a 210 freeway. I'll never forget this morning. And my body locked up. Now I'm on the freeway, 75 plus an hour, going, going miles an hour. And my body locks up and I drive right hand, you know, your, your foot is on the, you know, so everything is right, you know, so I lock. So I had to hold the steering wheel with my left hand, put my, start slowing down. Now I can see, I can see what's going on. I can see, I just can barely breathe. My body's locking up, so I'm breathing, palpitating, and I'm, you know, trying to not have an accident going this fast. And I, and by the grace of the good Lord, I was able to, you know, get the car over to the medium with my left hand. Uh, I kept my foot on the brake, put my foot on the brake with my left foot. Everything is functional on my left side, just my right side. I could not control it. And I stood there and I sat there and shook when my foot was on the brake for about a good, say about a good 20 seconds. It was probably the longest one ever. And uh, at that time, it was long. And I'm like, you know, and I, I was able to pull over, stop, didn't even have a wreck. I mean, it was cars everywhere. It was, right. it was California. It's cars everywhere. Yeah, that's God. You know, that ain't nobody but God. And yeah. I didn't have a wreck. And I, nothing never happened. And I was like, and then it finally stopped. And I got my body back. And I, I was breathing heavy. And I said, I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. So I immediately went to Long Beach. Long Beach uh, VA. Went, went right to the ER. To the VA. Long Beach VA. VA. And I went in there and I started talking to this lady and trying to explain my symptoms to her. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. I just know my, my chest, I couldn't breathe. My right side locked up and she, boom. Soon I said my chest, she immediately thought it was my heart. And they, boom, took me to the back. I mean, no go, no nothing, no words out. And next thing you know, they start hooking me up on all these machines. And, and put an IV in my arm, and I'm like, okay, but I don't know what's wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? So at that time, they 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 had me. They I did every test under under the sun. I did EKG, EEG, MRI. I did everything, and nothing came up. But now let's let's be clear. I was in the hospital from that day. I was in the hospital for about a week after that. So I'm just sitting in the hospital, you know, like. You know, like 
what they come in. I'm like, okay, what, what's the symptom? What's going on? I'm like, what's going on? Give me medication to fix it. You know what I'm saying? That's how right. I was. I'm, I'm, I've always Let's been go. this. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, so I get him out of here. Yeah, I've been this man. I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm an alpha male. So I've never been a type of guy that just sit in the hospital or sit anywhere and complain about pain or none of that. I just, just what, what, what can we do to fix this and let me get out of here? So um, they kept coming back to me telling me, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't figured it out. But the MRI finally came in a couple of days later. And, uh, and, and then that's when they found out that I had, you know, spots on my brain. At the Please. time they called them, oh, they, they called them, but at the time they called them spots. So you got okay. spots, they called them spots. So I'm like, okay, I right, give me medication, let me fix it, you know, uh, here we go. Right. And, and it was like, well, we got to run a few more tests. And I'm like, man, you know, this is a week now, you know, we in this, I'm in this thing in a week. I'm like, I'm fine. I ain't had no more tremors or nothing like that. No more shakes. I'm like, I'm fine. Let me, I got to go. And then uh, I just took it upon myself that night. And when I said, they come in in the morning, man, I, I, I ain't in jail. They got to let me go. You know, I, this ain't no prison. You know, I, I got to go. So I said. Well, I'm going to walk out. Yeah, oh, I'm going to walk out. Yeah. So I he came in and, and I told the doctor, I was like, man, I, you know, y'all can't find out nothing by, by mid-morning, man. I'm, I'm out of here, man. I, I got to go. I got stuff to do. You know, I'm just sitting here losing money and, and you know, like, because I had my business that I was doing, my personal training stuff. So I'm in here losing money. So then he was like, well, if, you, if you're going to go, yeah, you can leave, but you, I'm not, I'm, it's, it's going to be under your own. So I had to sign a waiver to be released. I'm like, hey, bring me the waiver. Let's go. Bring me the I'm ready to sign and get out of here. So so they brought it to me, I signed it, and next thing you know, they unhooked me and I, I got out of there. You know, still not diagnosed with nothing, you know. Then that that happened. So, you know, now, now I was in the, I was in the hospital for a week then. This is 2000, so early 2015. So then um moving forward, fast forward forward, I mean, I would still have those little tremors. I was still, you know, just ignore it. I was ignoring it. I was ignoring it. Not alone. Knowing that I had MS and it was a, it was going in because now if you're not going to treat something, it's going to start attacking. So that's what it was doing. It was attacking me. But I, I was ignoring it. Months go by. Months. Months go by. And then all, all of a sudden, probably about October, October, and I've been having all these problems up and down, up and down. My body's just like tripping. That's what I'm thinking. My body's tripping. No, you're just tripping. You'll be all right. Um, then, by October, mid-October, my vision went off. I mean, it just went. So, now, wait a minute. They didn't send you to another doctor to nah. for further testing? Yeah, but I wasn't going. More ahead. Okay, so they did yeah. send you, but you didn't go. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not. And that also is the black male ego. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was a knucklehead. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm. This, oh, no, 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 no. That's why I'm saying and I asked I'm you for it. I am not going to disagree with you. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. That's that's our ego. That's black man's ego. I ain't going back. They yeah. had me in there for a week. They had me in there for a whole week and didn't tell me nothing. I'm not going back. No, I'm fine. Lose the money and I got to pay for this visit? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not going back. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, 
So yeah, so that that was my ego, my ego. So now I'm gonna go into the next appointment. I'm like, I'm like I ain't going. Just ignoring phone right. call. Nope, not going. You know what I'm saying? So now here's October, and now my vision go off. So if I looked at you, I saw two of you, and now I'm like, what is wrong with my eyes? What is going on? Like I couldn't. I had. I was wiping my eyes putting water and splashing water in my face, thinking that's going to fix it. Nothing. It was bad. So then, drive back to the to uh, Long Beach VA. I drove back like this. And I don't want to. Trying to see. Trying to see. I swear to God. I mean, like, I was stupid. I was stupid. I was 17 and tried to drive with optic neuritis. So yeah. I get it. Again, I definitely was dumb. No. I won 17 though. I'm a grown man. Like, I'm in my. This, this, you know, this, 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 I'm going to make it. That's the I'm going to make it. Alpha male. I'm, I got this. I'm Don't fine. worry I got about it. This One hand on the eye, driving back, just like this. I'm like, man, crazy. So I drove back one hand on my eye, got there safely, thank God. Uh, walked in, went to the same neurologist, and said, something wrong with my vision. Can you give me some eye drops or something? You know, I need some eye drops or something. Just let him give me a quick fix. Here you go again, trying to get a quick fix. Let's get a quick fix. <laughs> let me get in and out. Let me get in and out. You know what I'm saying? I Absolutely. mean, I was, I was gone, man. I was not in my right. Because, I mean, like, listen, I was in the military. I did four tours. Nothing killed. Nothing. Stop, nothing's gonna stop me. That's you unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm you a bodybuilder. I've been competing since 07, so I'm a bodybuilder. I'm hot. You know, I'm 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 on my game. Like fix this. Let, let me get back to what I do. You know what I'm saying? Let me fix this. Fix this. Yeah. You know. So I mean, it, it, she she was like, I was telling her my symptoms, and I told her my vision is off and stuff like that, and she was like, I think you might got. And she looked at mine. She looked at and she said, you know what? Your report. She she said, let me let she looked at my old report from the previous previous time I right. was in there for a week. So then she said, you know what? Let me do another MRI. So she did a rapid MRI on me. Okay. Which I got the, I got the test results back right, you know, then. Right. So I did, I did an MRI. I'm sitting in this machine making all this noise. I'm like, so I'm like, okay. And then she got my scores and she put them back. She put both of them up side by side. Now I got more. And she said, you see this? You see this one? This is the old one. This is the new one. Now I got more spots on my brain than I did the first time. I got more. I'm like, it just, it's like quite Multiply. I mean, it went, because I wasn't treating it. You see more white matter. You were ignoring it. So it's, yeah. So now it's like, oh, we finna go in. Oh, you gonna ignore us? Now we finna really kick your butt. Yeah. And that thing, man, my vision was off. So now I'm looking at it like, okay, okay. You know, I'm still still in denial. Okay. You got some medication for that? I'm still in denial. <laughs> she was like, son, I think you might have MS. I said, what's MS? She said, you might have multiple sclerosis. I said, I don't even know what that is. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, don't, I don't think I got that. I don't, I, I've never heard of that before. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I don't have that because I ain't never heard of it. And I ain't never seen it. I ain't never seen it rolled down on a piece of paper. That's not possible. We don't have that. Yeah, but I yeah, don't, we don't have that. That's, that's not in my family. In you know my what family, I did? In my family, we get, we get diabetes. We don't. Get 
You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, then uh, she said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to schedule you for a spinal tap tomorrow morning. So she scheduled me a spinal tap the next morning at like 9.30 in the morning. So I'm like, man, I got to wake up early in the morning and come down here and do this crap. So I said, all right, I'll be there. So I, I got up when I did my spinal tap in the morning. And I tell you this, man, even though they numbed it, that had to be the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. I mean, to have a needle, I don't know, it was long, go all the way down your spine. That was, oh my God, man. Like yeah, I, spinal tap is a one of a kind type of feeling. And he's that, telling me. Uh, he's, even when you're a woman, you're having a baby. Uh, yeah, and he's telling me to be still because if I move, I could be paralyzed. So that's scareful. You know, that's very scared. And then uh, now I'm like, okay, but I'm gripping. Uh, he did the spinal tap and uh, they did the spinal tap that morning. By that night, I was in the ER. I was in the ER. And I, they submitted me to the ER because whatever he pulled from my spine, it triggered my seizures. It triggered the spasms. Like I could not control my body after that. I could not. I could not control. I'm literally like couldn't walk. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he did it wrong. I don't know. I just know that I could not control my body by that evening. I mean, my body was gone. Probably were leaking fluid. A lot of I hear a lot of people uh, usually when they have that or an infection automatically sets in or something to that that matter. It, it started. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I just know from doing the interviews. Three out of five of the interviews of people have got a spinal tab and it has uh, set an infection and it affected them or they had leakage from an improper spinal tab. Yeah, I couldn't control my body. I couldn't. It was terrible. And this was the first time in my life that I could, that I had no control over my body. You know, and uh, I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. And after that, boom, I was in the hospital for eight months. But then that's when I found out the spinal tap came back positive for, for multiple sclerosis. It popped positive. It came back positive. And now I can't walk. I'm sitting there laying in his bed. And, um, you know, I remember um, one of the neurologists came in and uh, I'm like, you know, just like, like debilitated and looking up at the ceiling and he, you know, he's trying to ask me if I had feeling in my legs. I was like, no, he was like, well, you'll probably, you'll probably never walk again. So, you know, I was like, huh? You know, like, wait a minute. I'm never going to walk again. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, it, it crushed my world, man. It crushed my spirits. It crushed everything that I had in me to, I mean, to like, to be like, how I go from, from, from being this man to this, this is it. I'm sitting here looking at the ceiling, looking at these four walls like this is it. It's just, I don't know why God gave me this disease, but I know that he gave me this disease to show people a different, a different. Uh, there you go. A different outlook on this disease. I, I feel he gave it to me and said, I'm going to put you through it, but you'll be all right. You're going to be fine. You're going to be able to tell your testimony. Yeah, you're going to be able to tell your story to people and show them. I always tell my friends that I believe God gave it to me. I always tease them, and this is inappropriate. Excuse my language, but I always tell my friends God gave it to me because, you know, y'all some punks. Y'all can handle it. 
Y'all ain't me. Y'all ain't me. Y'all can't do it. Y'all can't do it. Yeah, I don't mean that with no disrespect to anybody. I just, no, that was no that's what made me feel good yeah. to tell me and my friend, you know, like, girl, that's why God didn't give it to y'all because y'all ain't strong enough to deal with y'all this. Y'all can't, y'all not strong to deal with this. This you mental, know? this mental disability, yeah. I mean, not this disability that it puts in, put you through mentally and having to fight it and be strong enough to fight it. And a lot of people can't fight it and for suicide rates and everything else that goes on with <laughs> going through these mental battles of one day you're walking, one day you're not walking, one day your leg is strong, and let's say your leg is strong, one day you're alpha female, alpha male, and you're doing everything, you're making your career goals, you're hitting it, and the next day you can't even raise your head up or move to take your own damn self to the bathroom. It's yeah. a hard up and down hill that we're strong enough, and that's the reason why we advocate, and that's the reason why I sought you out, because you are a African-American male who is a bodybuilder. Let's get into that because uh, I want to talk about fitness. Chris is a registered dietitian. And I feel like within our community, he's also battling, also, I mean, excuse me, autoimmune disease and multiple sclerosis, but he's out here uh, doing bodybuilding and a registered dietitian. So he, in fact, can help people with multiple sclerosis who they say maybe you might not be able to lose, might do that to strive for better. So tell me how you got into being a registered dietitian and a professional bodybuilder. Well, bodybuilding came first. Uh, I started competing in 2007 in Japan. I was okay. stationed in Japan and, uh, and I, I started competing and, I, and I, I had a good friend. His name was Chris as well. He was a white okay. guy. His name was Chris. They used to call me and him salt and pepper because we was always together. <laughs> right, together. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and this guy named Chris, uh, I was always into fitness. I was always into working out. I could work out. I always was a, you know, a big time runner, you know, runner. Yeah. I used to run like almost 10 miles like every other day. I mean, I was a runner and I was always into fitness and stuff because of the military. So I always wanted to stay fit and be fit and look good in my uniform, you know, and stuff like that. So working out has always been my thing. You know, I play football, I play football, college football and stuff. So I've always trained for a reason. I never worked out to stay in shape, been in shape pretty much my whole life. So that's yeah. being, in shape. being in shape is easy for me. But then when I, 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 you know, I've always looked for new challenges and stuff like that. And one day I saw this guy, his name was Chris, and once again, and he was in the gym and I saw him working out. And, uh, and I, I just, you know, of course, you know, in the gym, you start asking questions. I was like, hey, uh, what do you do, man? He was like the fitness coordinator for the, for the base in Atsugi, Japan. Okay. So he, was the, he was the guy. He was the fitness guru. And for, for the base, so I was like, okay, okay, what what do you do, you know? And he was like, oh, I, I compete as a bodybuilder as well. And I was like, bodybuilder, what's that, you know? And he started telling me about it, and I was like, shoot, man, I can do that, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, no, nah, you, you you got a good base, but, you know, you, you're not ready yet, you know? You ain't, you're not there. You think you are, but you're not. This is a whole different game. Yeah, I Man, you got right, me, you, I did. my ego again. I'm like, you got me messed up. One day, and then we just started getting close. And then one day, he took me to a show. He took me to a show of this to to this uh this annual bodybuilding show that they do in uh Yokota, Yokota, Japan, on an Air Force base. They do this show annually. 
I don't know if they still do it now, but I know they used to do it annually. So it's every year. So he took me to the show that, that year. And I was like, I went there and I watched the guys on stage and it was flexing, showing off their physique and they was in great shape. And I'm watching them and I'm like, man, I can do this, man. I can do this. So we started preparing myself to get ready to come back the following year for that show. So we trained the whole year just for that one day. Man, I smoked them boys, man. My first show, I won the show. Came back the following year, competed and won the show. And then the, the fire was lit. Came back, competed in 2007. I went to the show and saw it in 2006. 2007, I came back and competed and won the whole show. And that started that started the flame. So then, but then I, I was learning about, he was teaching me because he had a little background in nutrition. So he was teaching me about how food is processed and macros and stuff, macronutrition and stuff like that. And I was learning about it. I was like, man, this is interesting. I was like, ask him, how can I learn more? He's like, man, you got to go to school for it. So, you know, me being in the military, I was like, hey, oh, I'm going to They'll take education. Right. They love education. So I use my TA, my tuition assistance. Yeah. And I went to school and became a, a coastal, went to coastal uh, college and uh, got my registered dietitian, uh, became a registered dietitian just like that. Took, it took me about four years, but hey, I got it. And when you started, when I started learning how foods are processed in the human body and how macronutrition works, I became a better bodybuilder. I just got better every show, better, 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 better. And then, you know, it just took off and stuff started happening. I, I did some, I did a, you know, got in some, you know, bodybuilder.com magazine. And I was, I was, I was, I was hot. You know what I mean? I was rolling, you know, things was great. Yeah. That's you amazing. Know? That's a good and thing. I you started, definitely took your horn. You work hard. Yeah. Uh, we go through a lot of it. Like I said, you were in the military. Yeah. Right. This is, this is this is your pride and joy and you have a right to teach your horn because for us to go through what we go through and for us to keep our head held high and still attack every goal that we set out yeah i mean it was it was just great it was great i was military bodybuilder of the year for like two years straight you know i mean i mean it was great then i retired would you give to our kings and queens about um our diets and helping a multiple sclerosis controlling symptoms, maybe. I had to learn that, like how 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 to eat, having an auto. I had to go back and learn, read about that, and learn because food is constantly evolving. Food is changing, and you know, especially when you have an autoimmune disease, you know, you have to eat food. You have to find the types of food to keep your body from flaring, you know, you don't want to add too much. You don't want to, you don't want to raise your, your cortisol levels. You know what I'm saying? So you have to eat the proper foods to, to, to make sure that your body is, you know, processing the food and, and, and you, and of course they say that, you know, having multiple sclerosis, you can't get too high. You don't want to overheat yourself. That's listen, I put my body under stress every day. Every day I go in the gym and I put my body under stress, but you just, you have to understand, you have to listen to your body and, 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 and just feel when you're feeling like you're putting your body under too much stress, you just yeah. back off. 
a biggest thing is what I've learned with my body and other people's bodies that I work with too uh, online or eat together is that I know what what type of food is going to work for you. I have I will figure that out. That's my biggest thing. I will figure out the type of foods. And once you figure out, and the biggest thing is that when I figure out, I'm going to teach you. Right. So when you learn it, when you learn it, then it's just, it's just, it just coordinates together. Now you can literally keep working with me or you can say, Hey, Chris, I got it now. And you can run on and you can do this for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's something that you're going to learn for the rest of your rest yeah, of your life. You. Yeah. You're going to take it and be like, Oh, I got it. And you'll and never, you'll, you'll never be out of shape ever again, ever, ever again. You'll always be in shape. You'll always feel healthy, feel great. And you, you'll, you'll always know what, what works for you. You have to find the right system that works for you. I can't, you can't do the same thing I do. We're told, right, right. Everybody's, everybody's Everybody is different. They right. say no so, to people with MS are like. No. So you just, you just got to find, you got to find that right, that right thing for you. And once you do, it's over. It's over. What Definitely. made you step up and advocate for MS and not instead of just living your life, competing, you could have kept that personal. I know people who are doctors, lawyers, district attorneys, uh, firefighters who they keep it a secret. But you opened up and you said, hey, world, I have MS and look at me. Bam, bam, bam. What made you stand up and be so strong in it? Of course, we know you're in the military. You're an alpha male. Right. But I don't care if you're alpha male. I'm an alpha female, unfortunately. And that's just sometimes that that's a that it doesn't matter that you don't need to worry about that because I can handle that I got no. that that's nothing you know so what I, mean, I, I kept it I didn't really communicate and tell the world that I had MS until I was getting ready to be walking twenty years I mean right. intimate circle knew but I felt that was a need to know basis type thing right right so when I finally was ready how are you how did you know you were ready or what made you come forward to step out and help. Uh, when I, that's the reason why I started my, my IG, I started my IG because of my, because of my multiple, I never had social media. I, I didn't do social media. So I started my IG right before I did my very first show. Um, and I wanted to, uh, document everything. I wanted to show the world, like. Cause this was when I started learning about multiple sclerosis when I got it. So, but so I I wanted to show people that there is a different side to this disease. Cause everybody I looked up with multiple sclerosis was like literally, uh, you know, debilitated. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, okay, yeah. So I said I'm I'm gonna show people a different side to this. And a lot of people even you know question even even if I had the disease. You know, they would, they would, they would, they would uh, say a lot of negative. Cause social media, you put yourself on social media. You know, you gotta, you gotta handle the backlash that comes with it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's you, why you I never really did it. Being a female and people knowing people are worried about work or coworkers. So I understand. Right. So I, I, I just, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna whatever comes with it. I'm, I'm gonna take it. You know, and uh, and um, that. I, so I started, I started the social media. Uh, in like January, then I started showing progress progressions because I, 
I, I started my diet in February of 2018. That's uh, no, 2000. I started my prep. I was diagnosed 2000, November 2015. So I started 2016 of, of uh, getting ready. That's when I started my IG. So you go all the way down to the bottom of my IG. My first picture on there was from 2016. Okay. So, you know, I know I got a lot, but, you know, now I've been posting a lot, but yeah um so i literally wanted to um just wanted to show people that you know no matter what you know you could no matter what you have you can always bounce back from this you it doesn't matter it does not matter i just wish i would have had document documentation of me learning how to walk again I never, I never got that because I was embarrassed about that. I was embarrassed. That was one of my, my regrets that now, not yeah. present at the time. At the time, I don't want you to take a picture of me. I don't yeah. want you to, that's yeah. not yeah. cute. This yeah. that. Don't look at me. This is my weakest moment in life. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't need to keep yeah, that. I, mean, I, I just, I just wish I would have got that part. That, me too. That part me. To see how well, far we came. To see how far I came because you know, being in a hospital bed for those eight months was, was tough, man. It was tough. And I remember when I started walking again, it was it was painful. Some of the most painful thing I've ever, you know, you got to get your legs back onto you again. And, and at the time, you know, I, I had ballooned up to like 290 plus, 90 plus pounds. Biggest oh, I've I ever been in my I life. was a big girl too for a while. Yeah. Being biggest in that wheelchair. Yeah, man, biggest I've ever been in my life, man. It was, it was, it was bad. It was bad, man. You know, and I and I went from two ninety, and when I stepped on stage seven months later, I was one hundred and ninety eight pounds. You know, just put together real nice, and uh, and it, it it I I put a put a before and after picture on on my on my Instagram, and that's why my thing is called Chris underscore D underscore MS. Because I wanted to highlight, this is what I do it for. I wanted to show people, just because you have this disease does not mean, I, 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 this is my favorite thing. I always say this, MS is what I have. It's mm -hmm. not who I am. It's not it's who not I am. Yes. I always say that. It's what I have. It's not who I am. So I, I never let it, you know, I mean, I got it, but who cares? It ain't going nowhere. So whatever, you know, I just... You just gotta you gotta keep pushing forward to you know and, and tackling whatever whatever you want whatever dream you want in life as long as I'm able to get up and walk and I made myself so strong you know and it's just it's, I don't know man I'm just I'm just trying to be a, a walking billboard for multiple sclerosis and it, it put me down again last year it put me down again it, it ain't going nowhere it put me down again last year I had to have back surgery last year so it put me down. I was back with a walker last year. I was walking with a walker. It put me down last year. I had my surgery, my back surgery in May of last year. And now I'm I'm making a comeback from that. I'm, my next show will be October. I'm coming back. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to let it stop me. I, when I had my back surgery, I was walking the next day. The next day. I don't know if that's an alpha mare hard-headed. I'm not sure which one. I'm, I'm different. I'm just different. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing. Like, I'm just a different person. I am a different. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I, I just. I, I, won't let, 
I won't let nothing beat me, nothing. As long as I wake up every day and breathe, nothing will beat me. I've always been that guy. I've been that guy when I played every sport. Every sport I've ever been, I've always been that guy. You're not going to beat me. I, I would literally, when I play football, I would go and ask, who's the best person on the team? Who's the yeah. best? You is? Okay, I got you. I'm coming for you. And that's just who I am. I mean, not to be cocky or sound arrogant. Oh, that's just, that's just, just that's who you just, are. And that's how you're supposed, a, to be. you're supposed to be your own. You're supposed to be confident I'm within Because if I'm not, who else yeah, will be? Yes, ma'am. So that's well, just, this that's is my favorite my part of my podcast. Um, but first, before I do, my favorite part of my podcast is certifying you one sick B. But before um, I certify you one sick B, is there anything that you would like to say to my listeners? I also would love to do a follow up with you uh, alive for them to see you in person and to get to know your platform and know who you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. I always say this, you know, uh, I know we talked about uh, offline. We talked about my three core values. Yes, I just I, yes. To, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on it. No, no, you go ahead. I, I, I appreciate. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was gonna say it, and then I was like, I might hold it into the. But I appreciate you saying it. We can go ahead That's and say me. it here too. It's Thank never, you. never too Thank many you. times. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, it's just stuck in my head. But I always say, you know, my number one is uh, never stop on your dream. Any any dream that you dream of, uh, always, always, you know, get you know, tackle that dream and then aim for another one, you know? And then my second one is uh, never give up, never, never let nothing beat you. And always, and my third one is always persevere through any adversity, you know? So that's, those, those are my three, you know, I, I, I always live by that. You know, I, I always try to stay true to myself and, and, and I, I, I just won't, I just won't stop. I won't stop, you know, being a great example for my for my kids. I have two two boys and, and I'm, you know, my oldest son is 18. My youngest one is seven. And their whole life, all they've ever seen was dad work. They've always seen me work, see me. I mean, my oldest son, he came to my first show in Japan. He was like six years old. So he don't, my kids introduce me to their friends. Not that, oh, this is my dad. He was in the military for 22 years. He's a retired veteran. No, they introduced that to me, to their friends. This is my dad. He's a bodybuilder. That's it. I'm like, I'm more than that, but okay, whatever, you know. They don't know what they're proud about. They That's don't what know they're proud about. Else. They don't know anything else. All they know <laughs> is that dad has always been this guy. You know this this figure, and that's what they that's what they roll with. This is my daddy's bodybuilder. It's okay, you know. But I, I love him, man. I, I love this. I love showing people that no matter your age, no matter your your disability, no matter what, you can always you can always reach any any goal that you want to reach with the right mindset. Change your mind, the body will follow. Yeah, I love that. This is my favorite part of the podcast um, where I get to certify you one sick B. Chris, um, I'm honored. You are an African-American 
professional bodybuilder who set out on a journey to help others by becoming a dietitian. You became a dietitian for yourself because you're strong and you bodybuild, but you became a dietitian to help other people improve their life to move forward, which is anytime somebody does something to help and promote others, survive and strive in life is an amazing thing. You are a father, number one. Uh, your greatest gift to the world are your children and you strive to show them uh, more than you're just a bodybuilder, more than you just were in the military, more than you were any of that. And I appreciate you being who you are. The definition of a one sick bee is a strong individual that fights or faces through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that you took on, Chris, without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. So I, one certified one sick bee, Chris, have certified you one sick bee. Yes, ma'am. I so appreciate I thank it. Thank you, I thank so you much. Queens. I thank you for coming on here. Yes, ma'am. And uh, being a guest. And Kings and Queens, until next time, you can catch me at onesickbee.com. You can check us out on onesickbee on Instagram, Facebook. We're on iHeart, Spotify. And I thank you, Kings and Queens, for listening. you know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more let's not forget the guys send the strongest soldiers to war like guys send the strongest soldiers to war every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform and when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more let's not forget the guys send the strongest soldiers to war like guys send the strongest soldiers to war